0: uh hey this is ben and we are recording today uh this is ben i'm testing the audio now and here's matt he's gonna test his own audio too
1: matt yeah hey i'm testing my audio it's my audio and i'm testing it funky cool raps yeah that was matt on the mic Ain't he just dynamite?
0: mine. It's Ben and Matt here today, and I just want to say, it's ba-da-da-da. Welcome to 4th Times the Charm, where niche is neat. I'm your producer, Ben, alongside your director, Matt. Great googly moogly. We got some movies to talk about today. Matt, you, you strapped myself to a chair. I did. You forced my eyeballs open. You, you said this is what you get for missing the music box of horrors. And, and you, and you subscribe me, you ascribe me to, to a prescription of film. And that is what I watched alongside you,
1: Matt. But first, how are you? Uh, I'm an acceptable, an acceptable amount of, okay. Yeah, um, I, <laughs> I, I have enjoyed a lot of good films recently, which is my favorite. I love this time of year where we're coming out of October. So the l- remainder of the horror movies that had some kind of substance are still kind of around. But then we get that nice interchange leading up to Christmas where there's got to be enough movies for adults to see enough movies for teenagers to see and enough movies for kids to see that there's always something going on in a theater. Um, and that, you know, that can be going back and watching old classics from earlier in the year, or like for me, seeing some t- two really amazing new films recently. So that's always have, a nice have, moment. First for me. off,
0: first question, have you noticed a difference in the pacing or in the type of movies that have been released in the last six or so months
1: since the, uh, actors and writers strike happened? Well, I, I think there was just not. I would say no, um, not necessarily in like the larger picture. Cause we've had like the Marvels come out and you know, I think right now in theaters is we got the new hunger games movie. We got a new trolls movie coming out. We got a new like Disney Pixar movie. We got a regular Disney movie. we Thanks Killing, um, But what, what I have seen this year is um, and I think, I wouldn't say spurred on by Oppenheimer, but Oppenheimer was hoping to catch the same wave of slower, bigger movies being allowed to be made again. Um, like we saw one last year with the Last Duel, no one gave a fuck. Um, a couple of years ago, we had Tenant, and like no one gave a fuck. But now we've had Oppenheimer, we have Napoleon, we have Killers of a Sacred Moon. Um, all movies that are like really epic in scale, and even movies like Saltburn, which I just saw, is well over two hours. Um, I I think we're seeing a nice return. What I have noticed, uh, most predominantly in the last two movies I've seen, and I've started to see this trend a little bit more frequency. I I think in the way, and what modern cinema is referencing right now. And I think for at least for the art house and more of the like aesthetic is movies made for like young 20 somethings, like, you know, like early 20s, late teens um, kind of films that like, but that are targeted by utilizing like 70s cinematography and filmmaking as like a lens for telling these stories um, in a really cool way. But I think overall, there's not been too much of a difference since then. There's just more movies out again. Um, right. There's a, there a real dearth of films there, like near the end of October, where like no one wanted to release anything. And ben, why would they? I don't know. Well, you know, the reason they might is because they might not be feeling very good. But Ben, we don't know how you're feeling. So how are you feeling today?
0: I'm feeling pretty smackers. Uh, Coming off a week of wrestling in Los Angeles. Going into another week of wrestling. The uh, AEW Collision and Rampage in Los Angeles, as well as Full Gear Pay-Per-View the next night. Going to the Collision Rampage double taping was very nostalgic for me. Mm. Because as a fan who grew up watching WCW, Mm -hmm. to be able to go watch a show that was being taped for TNT that had Nitro and Thunder aesthetics taped Mm -hmm. in one package together was very nostalgic for me. Made you Uh, feel
1: like like a kid again.
0: In a way, yeah. Because back in the day, Nitro was... It started out Nitro was three hours and Thunder was two hours. Okay. But by the end of WCW, when we were going at our height, uh, because people stopped caring to go anymore. Okay. Um, they shortened Nitro to two hours and then they started taping Nitro and Thunder, not just in the same building, but on the same night. Ooh. Yeah. So that's, I want you to weird. envision Matt, you're watching a live two hour show with commercial breaks. Okay immediately when that show ends they tape another hour and a half of thunder and this isn't like how rampage is now where it's a where you know you have different guys wrestling they have a depleted roster so you're seeing the same guys wrestle like three times in a night
1: and then aren't you then also then probably seeing like the same storyline just repeated because it's gonna be The back-to-back weekly programming anyway. So they're not just going to do the same storyline over and over again. Oh, no,
0: Matt. No, no, no. See, that's what makes WCW in like 99, 2000 more watchable than WWE of today. Hot take Ooh, is that uh, the shows would have stuff happen on them constantly. I I mean, it's a barrage of stuff. uh, People would turn face, heel face heel within like one show and that's Ugh. Nitro and thunder. So if you missed thunder, you missed a lot of shit. David Arquette won the world title on thunder in 2000.
1: Like yeah, that's true. who
0: the hell watched that? We did. I was going to say how many
1: other people you specifically, but also us because of your influence.
0: Yes. I, I've uh, been watching some 1998 nitro and Rebecca has been watching it on and off with me. And I am thoroughly impressed with how she recognizes seemingly 75% of this roster. Oh. (laughs) Even though, you know, this is way before her time. Uh, Although, also, pat myself. Hear that? Pat myself on the back. I can hear it. Because I've been making sure that she eats her wrestling vegetables. And whenever we have a chance... They take Rebecca to a show where she can see a wrestling legend. She's seen Chavo Guerrero okay. and Ultimo Dragon. Oh, that's the nice. Race. So, you know, they may not be much now, but back in the day, oh, man, that dragon sleeper.
1: So what you're doing is you're allowing her to see what you're seeing. You're allowing her to experience the diminishing returns you and I as legacy wrestling fans get to experience all the time.
0: I'm explaining to Rebecca that she needs to be okay when Vince McMahon does something to drive AEW out of business.
1: Okay now oh Ben I, I did have a question for you surrounding um, full gear. yes um, you are, are you are you uh, do you agree with the larger internet insofar as that the main event was severely overbooked? And that okay. AEW is failing and they're gonna fall apart because they're no longer telling stories. I mean, Tony Khan's basically just being vents now, isn't he? So I'm glad you mentioned this, Matt. Okay. I'm I'm working on a thesis. Ooh, a
0: thesis, you say? Uh and 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 I think the thesis I'm coming to yeah, coming. is that AEW's fan base is comprised of some of the most snivelly, complainy weirdos on the planet.
1: Yeah, they're AEW fans.
0: And the fact that AEW is as good as it is and they're still complaining shows that they're wrestling fans to complain first and foremost. At the LA Forum, which, by the way, awesome venue if you ever Mm -hmm. have a chance to go there. Really good. I'll I'll Um, work on it. The fans at the venue were some of the most entitled, obnoxious, complaining fans. I mean, Mm. like, standing up in front of people and refusing to sit down at a proper time, complaining about how their wrestler is losing a match and how the bookings terrible when they then go on to win that match.
1: Wait. So they're like, Oh, MJF's losing no, the- it. In,
0: in in the, in the death match, mm-hmm. like swerve gets hit with a big move and the guy goes, this is bullshit, man. This booking sucks. God damn it. It's like, he fucking won.
1: I don't know, you know what's bad. I don't know what's bad about that booking. It seems like a pretty reasonable. It's booking. It's decision. like this
0: weird sense, and I feel like because Tony Khan is known to people as a fan first, mm-hmm. and the fact that wrestling journalism is at such a dearth of quality, people think, okay, well, since no one else here seems to be a professional, I'm sure I could book this company better. Sure. And I think that it's people who live in a vacuum who've only watched WWE and think that any wrestling company can survive any sort of booking or or outside influence, whatever. Mm -hmm. And they're just letting their fantasy booking run wild. Uh, And it's really fucking annoying. Like the MJF Mm -hmm. main event at full gear. Was long and drawn out, but for the love of God, it wasn't terrible. It was fine. Like, like the thing that gets me is there's stuff in the match that people should be calling out that they don't, right? Hmm. Adam Cole gets out MJF's ring. Jay White gets in front of MJF and Adam Cole has 10 minutes to move this ring away from him and Jay White still snatches it from him. Like, is that going to end up being a story point or not? I don't know. But, like, no one brings that up. Mm. People bring up these grand platitudes over how, wow, this is Super Cena booking. It's like I lived through Super Cena booking.
1: Yeah, we did.
0: Super Cena booking is John Cena winning with the same five fucking moves. Literally. Every fucking week on Raw in stifling Christian, Chris Jericho, Kurt Angle, Batista, Randy Orton, Shawn Michaels, the entire roster for years at a time. The fact that MJF beat one dude when he had a bad night is not super seen a booking. And but it honestly
1: realizes him.
0: And, and and it makes me feel bad honestly. Because I'm realizing that AEW fans apparently don't have either the mental acuity or the patience to just let a fucking storyline play out. I mean, it's infuriating that there's so few places to have an actual dialogue about AEW. And then I went and watched SmackDown a week ago. Sure. 30 straight minutes of SmackDown where they're not in the ring. Yeah. We're talking recaps, backstage segments, commercials, that, that interviews
1: really, really gets me when I'm watching like reviews of the show and I hear them describing the structure of the episode and it takes like like if it's a 5-minute review it's like 9 minutes of the review are them talking about video packages and I'm like wait does that just mean the whole show Yeah. And, and then people ass, are like, wow,
0: they're like, wow, uh Oscar uh, turned heel. That makes this the best SmackDown ever. I'm like, I, I'm i watching this. Like, how do you people not if you watch AEW mm-hmm. and you're not happy with it, go fucking watch SmackDown and tell me that you prefer that. Don't just the, watch clips. Watch might. SmackDown and then come back to me and tell me that that was a better show than AEW. I
1: swear and, to you, there's a. And mind then virus. shut up. Like that's I, what they got to do. Just like shut up and enjoy what's what they have.
0: Yeah, there's so much wrestling on now, but mm. like I think this is going to damage AEW's long term prospects when they have really? a fan base that acts that's like so adversarial mm. and complaining when this is the single best. Weekly televised wrestling That we have had In a quarter of a century Easily, yeah A quarter of a century And and I used to think it was like WWE fans Or it was children But after AEW and seeing how a lot of those people react It's either rubbing off on them Or they're just impossible to please But I mean People take this shit way too seriously And that's me saying that I feel like I, I I literally just watched a show of myself getting a close-up on TV when I was two years old. Hell yeah. In the middle of the Monday Night Wars on WCW Nitro out of Louisville, Kentucky. Okay? And, wow. and St- I, I, I'm not
1: cred, street cred established, man.
0: And and I'm not this been out of shape over these small booking decisions. Because <laughs> 5, 10, 15 years from now, you're not gonna remember those things. Anyway, yeah, it's frustrating. I, mean,
1: I, f- I feel like it's gonna th- there's gonna be eras that we're going through right now that are just gonna be completely, largely forgotten. It it's it's
0: it would be like going to uh a Gone Mage concert. Okay. And like people around you Are pouting and complaining about the type of synths he's using.
1: Mm, Oh, like he's not using cool enough synthesizers on stage. Yeah. I get, yeah, I can see that. It's like if you're there for something so unique and niche, you should be there to enjoy everything that it has to offer.
0: Yeah. It's, it's a, it's wrestling is artwork. Wrestling is not something to cater to you specifically. It's theater. Yeah. Wrestling is theater. Like, my god, people. Stop. But they it.
1: but they have a sense of ownership now over the product, so it has to be the way they well, want.
0: Well, hey, we're going tit for tat here because this upcoming weekend is the Survivor series featuring war games, because I guess Triple H never war liked the Survivor war series. Games.
1: Who does? Um, Honestly.
0: And and we're gonna see how that goes. So we're gonna compare it full gear survivor series we'll we'll see how they turn out yeah we'll
1: see how much of a shill um the product is now
0: well here let's shill oh our subreddit r slash 4ttc let's shill our instagram fourth times the charm official and let's shill these movies we watch together Matt, yes. What, what movies are we talking about today?
1: So, well, I think we should talk about them in the order we saw them in because tonally one of, they have very different, f- different vibes. So oh. we were sitting on the couch, Ben came out to visit. So, and I was like, oh, there's only so many times that I can just without question, put on a random horror movie. So I opened up Amazon prime and the first movie I see is 2022's the blackening. Now, this was a movie that when I saw the trailers of in theaters, I was like, that looks charming. Uh, but I also did not think anyone was going to see it. And there was a chance that it was going to be way too simplified in its presentation. But I don't know about you, Ben. I think, I think we started on a good high note here.
0: Yeah, The Blackening is a... It's basically a subversion slasher movie, right? Yeah, I mean, it's a, a group pretty... of a group of black friends show up at an abandoned area. Uh, serial killer hijinks ensue, but they're all black people who have seen horror movies and know that the black person always dies first, and so they're way more on top of shit. In general, and so yeah, and it plays on like the charts. It's a
1: bit of a satire, it's like a buddy
0: cop with the slasher themselves.
1: Yeah, I mean, the movie's not ever really truly surprising. Like, I think the twist ending is kind of obvious. Um, the, and, the, but the it, twist it,
0: it, is that there's really no major twist.
1: Yeah, the movie is just happening and it's exactly what it's gonna be. But I think the like the, the references and the satire that occurs throughout the movie works because the structure of it is so simple.
0: Yeah. It's, it's a movie that I feel like the script should have gotten one more pass to tighten it up. Yeah. And, and I, I feel like it would have popped a bit more if it was made by like the people who did the babysitter Mm -hmm. or, 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 something like that. It was, it was a very good movie. Um,
1: it was, a, it was a very fine choice to like start an evening. Yeah, if
0: if you're looking for something to put in the background or mm-hmm. if you're, or, or if you hear the name The Blackening and you're like, that sounds funny,
1: then you'll enjoy it. Yeah, I mean, because I don't think you have to be a slasher fan to enjoy this movie either. It makes like, it better. It does, but it, it's a movie that, that does its simple things so well and so clearly that if like, yeah, you haven't seen you know all of the Nightmare on Elm Street movies. You're not really missing too much. Like you're not. If you don't feel... like
0: slasher movies, I don't think you'll get a lot out of this. Yeah,
1: but if you liked Barbarian, I think you're gonna like this. Shit. <laughs> yeah, sure. I mean, I'm just there's another. I don't modern... think it would preclude you
0: from enjoying it.
1: Yeah, I guess. It's a modern movie that does its thing. You know, it's just it's different it's... things, man. Different. Yeah, things. Yeah, but they're both so simple. Like, it's it's not playing with trope. It's not trying to be something different than its predecessors to, like, prove a point. It's just like, look, we made a really straightforward movie about a straightforward topic. I hope you enjoy our delivery of it. Yeah, and like, I'd give it... That's not a bad thing.
0: I'd give it, like, a three and three quarters out of five and, like, two yeah. and a half out of four charms.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think I agree with you, like, exactly. it's It's just solid. And it's funny. It's a good time. It's a movie I'll probably throw on on, like, movie night one night or, you know, if I have, like, colleagues from work who want to watch a horror movie. I, bet you,
0: I, I bet you, Matt, $500 you will never watch this movie
1: again. If you bet me $500 I'll never watch The Blackening again. Yeah. I, I distinctly disagree be only and I only disagree because of my my um. me regularly showing movies to other people to try to please a crowd because like Ben you know I I will gladly put on a movie to ostracize a whole room of people (laughs) and not worry about it but (laughs) (laughs) sometimes sometimes I want to put on a movie that people can enjoy and if I think I have like the right group of people, this so Matt, how come if
0: that's the case, then how come when I put Sherlock Gnomes
1: on, you turned the TV off? Because that's not like that's not off-putting or different because it's well-made or interesting. That's just dumb.
0: Well, we don't know because we didn't watch it, did we?
1: We did watch. We watched plenty of it.
0: We watched like fifteen minutes. We barely got to the inciting incident.
1: I, I think you're putting both too Can much you name weight.
0: one character in that film other than Sherlock Gnomes?
1: Watson. Fuck. God. And that's why it's a bad movie. <laughs> it's different. Cause like, like this, like the movie I saw tonight, Sovereign, which I want to, I want to shout again. If you're listening to this and it's still in theaters, please go and see this movie. Um, But it's a movie you could never go to with your parents. And, and you could, you couldn't like recommend it to a group of your work friends. Like you could get called into HR for, for like showing people this movie at a work event. And I think that's good. I I, like, not that, that the movie would get in trouble, but I feel like it does a great job of having its place in, in, in time. And a movie like Sherlock Gnomes is just there to make money off children.
0: Well, we don't know because oh, we didn't I feel- watch Sherlock Gnomes all the way through. I hear the third act was was really, subversive. really something.
1: If Sherlock Gnomes has a like super subversive, like deeply complex narrative that shows up. You know, and you're a fan of the podcast. Tell me about it. And I'll actually watch it. If if a fan of
0: it's referred to as the spec ops, the line of gnome related cinema,
1: you know, if, and if that's the case, and if one of our fans is willing to make to make that statement to me, I will listen and I'll give it a watch. But until one of the charmers out there is able to come down and really stole the values of uh, Sherlock Gnomes, I'm gonna I'm gonna stay happy in my ignorance. But there's there's another movie, Ben. Another, but wait, there's more. There is, and this is another movie where I I there are there are sections from this film that depict things in such a way that I'd be okay never seeing them again. And I typically like you know some pretty fucked up movies, and I would not hesitate to watch this movie again with like a with you or with monty but when evil lurks the uh brand new film that i believe is only available on shutter um from argentina by uh demian R- rugana R- rugna um who wrote and directed the film takes the possession film um and just lets it ride at full go mode. This is a 90 minute movie about a set of brothers who are investigating and trying to deal with a series of possessions occurring in a small town. And the depths with which this movie goes are truly incredible. I think some of my favorite deaths in cinema this year, uh, ben, what, what did you think about when evil lurks?
0: I hate exorcism movies. Yeah. Oh yeah. They're, oh. they're my, they're my single least favorite genre of film, probably outside of like political high
1: fantasy. You maybe. were pretty, you were pretty adamant when I was like, Hey Ben, do you mind if I throw a movie on? I think what you said in the moment was, yeah, as long as it's not a possession movie. And I got to say, this is easily
0: the greatest exorcism-esque movie I have ever seen.
1: Wow. that That's saying a fucking lot.
0: Um, Better than First, I'm, I'm, I'm going to preface this before we move into spoilers. Because okay. we pretty much got to get into spoilers. You yeah, should go you... into this blind. But here's what I'll say. This is the way to tell if you should watch this movie. Look at the poster. Mm -hmm. The poster of the movie that has the person kneeling and has an object in your face. Now, I want you to imagine the most gruesome looking outcome of what's on the poster. Mm -hmm. Mm. And think to yourself, if this movie shows me that gruesome, horrific thing—will I enjoy that, or will I find that repulsive?
1: Mm, that and if a... you
0: think you would enjoy that, then you should watch this movie. And if you don't,
1: then you should stay far, far away. Yeah, yeah. This is this is a movie that's either one hundred percent for you, or gonna be the worst thing you've watched in a long time. This is either gonna be me watching Tatane, or. A a a common friend of Ben and I's watching Tatane. It's it's the type of movie that's either going to make you excited that it exists, or upset that it it has even the audacity to exist.
0: It is a genuinely brutal movie. Um. Okay. Here's what Calviero should be the the big spoiler of the movie. It does not have a happy ending.
1: Yeah, it's got like a mid. It's got a hereditary esque ending.
0: Yeah, bad guy wins here. And most of the time, a big issue with movies like this is that when you're dealing with an extra, with an extraneous or extraterrestrial or demonic force, how do you keep people invested in the movie throughout when there's no clear way to stop this thing from happening?
1: Yeah, it's inevitable. And
0: yeah and the way this movie does that is by making the things that happens to the main characters so fucking terrible that it it's it almost becomes like a slasher movie and, and like not in the sense of that a bunch of people die because they do. But then there's this constant sense of impending dread of, Oh my God, get out of the house. Oh my God, get in the fucking car. Oh my God, drive away. And the main characters are not stupid. Not at all. They're,
1: they're making smart choices, which makes
0: they're making smart choices and they still suffer for it. And the fact that they're smart, the fact that it's so overwhelming and that you don't think it'll get worse. Mm -hmm. And then, Whatever you think bad is going to happen, something worse happens. Yes, and said, no, you matter, go,
1: no matter what you're expecting, yeah. the worst ver- the worst version of it's going to happen, and you're not going to be allowed to ignore it for the whole movie.
0: This is like if Bo Was Afraid was a
1: horror movie. Yeah, instead of just a meditation on anxiety. Like,
0: yeah, it's it's like that feeling, you mm-hmm. know, that sense of, oh my God, it's getting worse. Oh my God. It's getting worse. It's not going to stop either. And like the first 20, 30 minutes of this movie is boring as piss.
1: Yeah. Nothing. And in the, in the moment that it makes the turn, Ben and I both looked at each other and we're like, all right, they have, they have to top this and justify the brutality. What was just done on screen. If they can't do that, this movie is an utter failure. Yes. There is, like, there's no way the movie is good if they don't pull this off. And somehow, some way, they fucking pull it off. They justify and reinforce the, not necessarily, I wouldn't say the necessity of their brutality, but it actually ends up having, like, a purpose and a place within the movie. It's not like a Calvair, where the no, movie is I, just, like, a man, dick of a film. I don't even remember Calvair. Oh, I, I only remember because I saw it twice and the second and the first time I barely made it through it and the second time I forced myself to stay awake for it because it was at the music box of horrors and I was like maybe finally now in a room full of people who are here to love this movie it'll be good and it, it was still bad yeah this is not
0: this is what Calvair should have been
1: I 100% agree
0: this is gonna be like cult classic I, I think I hope so. Um, and if you guys want to get props from the film, you should probably find whoever
1: made it and get them now. Cause I think they're going to be worth a lot someday. Yeah. This is, this is one of those movies. I'd be like happy to get a collectible.
0: From. I, I mean, this is a creative exorcism movie, which is <laughs> holy shit.
1: We just, we just got um, the exorcist believer, which is the opposite of creative. And In the same year, a small Argentine uh, film manages to take a genre that was done with a huge budget, referencing one of the most famous movies to ever play with the idea of possession, and does it much better than that movie ever could have have dreamed of doing it.
0: Yeah, it's... uh... I, if I had to give it a score, I'd say probably three out of four charms. Okay. Because uh, it's not the most creative, although the you fact know. that it lets the mind
1: wander does wonders for it. Well, it's also one of those movies where it's like, I don't think it's supposed to be charming, right? Yeah. It's not like it's not like child's play where like the reason you're watching it is because it's charming. Yeah, it, and it, I'd give if, it... If this movie is overly charming for you, that's a not yeah. healthy response.
0: I give it four and three quarters out of five. Okay. I The the first, like, 20, 30 minutes was almost mm. enough to put me off the movie. Okay, yeah. And I feel like if you cut that part of the movie down, it does make the movie better. Yeah. I don't think you'd need to.
1: I think you but, can see And, and I'm talking movie. about,
0: I, I'm talking about optimizations. I'm not talking about getting rid of like entire scenes. I'm talking about just picking the pace up. Because I get you want to establish that they're living on like a small town farm or whatever before all of a sudden this giant boil monster shows up that's infected a person.
1: It reminds me of the shit demon from Jane, Silent Bob Strike Back.
0: In a way, yeah, in a way. I think is,
1: um, I don't think they actually call it a Golgotha in this movie, but it's got golgotha like feels to it.
0: Yeah, they do not refer to it as as anything in particular, which is probably um, smart. But yeah, so I so I think you could have optimized the movie, mm-hmm. but you know, outside of like an extra pass at the edit booth, it's fucking fucking yeah, well, stellar what you, work.
1: What are you gonna do to this movie, and especially and it's and it's I believe like if not a debut feature, like one of the first, you know, major features by this director, you know? So it's not like they've been sitting on making movies for the last 15 years and they finally pulled off a good one. It's like, no, like this is one of the first movies they've ever made. Yeah. uh,
0: Yeah. Same director and writer. Um, he's actually written a number of, uh, shorts previously okay um a few screenplays um the most recent one is 2017's terrified that okay. says that he also both directed and, and wrote uh when strange events occur in a neighborhood in buenos aires a doctor specializing in the paranormal oh my god Sorry, it it shows the trailer and a kid gets hit by a bus in the first five seconds. Holy shit! All right, Jesus. what is intro. Okay, coming in strong. Okay. so maybe we got to watch Terrified because this Sounds looks like, it. like yeah, that very one I, much the same thing. I
1: I have been told to watch that movie. Okay, by, well, like, we'll add that to fans. the list.
0: Um, he he directed. When evil lurks, terrified, you don't know who you're talking to. From 2016, which he also did the story for. Okay. uh, Two marginals who plan the death of the head of the gypsy mafia to recover a car, without even thinking about the consequences. We should always think about the
1: consequences.
0: Yeah, that seems maybe less watchable. Uh, He also directed.
1: Oh, let's hear it! Oh, that that laugh makes me want to watch whatever you just saw.
0: The year before when Where Evil Lurks came out, he directed five stories from five Latino directors. Okay.
1: Satanic Hispanics. Hell yeah! I'm down for that. I want to watch his uh, Satanic Hispanics. So
0: I I what what I'm
1: realizing here
0: is we need to have um Demian Rugna 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 R U G N A. Lux- we need to have a good. hymn night where where we look at his three most recent projects here because it really seems pretty recent where he broke out as a as a director director
1: oh like making his own really making yeah because aside from
0: these he directed the last gateway from 2007 and that looks like it was a straight to dvd
1: those are some of our favorites though
0: a demonologist's miscalculation results in a portal to hell opening in a man's stomach
1: I desperately want to watch that film. I'm gonna be honest. Okay, well, Matt, I guess <laughs> sounds this is,
0: pretty badass. I, I, I guess we, this is gonna be like our homework. This is, we're gonna put this in the homework stack. Okay. Uh, cause there's there's a lot to get into here with Mr. Uh, Damien. We'll we'll leave it there. Yeah, Mr. Ms., Mr. D. Mr. D.
1: Um. Yeah. So f- fantastic movie. Yeah. Highly recommend it. I, I I give it the same score. It, it doesn't, it doesn't do enough to get more than a three out of four charms. Uh, and it, it is shocking enough that it gets a really high, like three, like 3.5 out of five for me, despite. Really? The, yeah. I think it, it, it pulls it off. I mean, it could have done a lot more, um, it's not it's not gr- amazing enough that I'm like, oh, this is going to be something I'm going to want to watch for the rest of my, like, watch over and over again. Um, but it's it's well done. It's shocking and it's cool. And if it's- anyone
0: ever asks me what exorcism movie to watch. Oh, yeah. It's this one. It's this one. Because they do try to exercise. They just fail. Like they do in all those movies anyway.
1: Yeah, and the the way they do the reveal of like, I mean, it's not really that big of a spoiler for the movie anyway. Like the bad guy winning in this movie, like the way they do that, is like shockingly like nuanced and cool. Like it doesn't yeah, it's just metal feel. Hell. Yeah, it is, and it's the the, the imagery. This movie of it is, is going to be sampled wild. in
0: several metal albums we're going to cover in the future. I guarantee you.
1: Oh yeah, there's no way this movie isn't influential on the heavy metal world and scene for the next couple years. Cause really like there's no one else doing this. And Hey, when those albums come out fourth times,
0: the charm will be there to listen to them.
1: Yeah, we will baby. We're going to be ready. And maybe, maybe this director's next film his next, you know, real head of the project film will be the best one. Cause his first one was, was good. Not great. Second well, one. Well, was... Let's
0: see. Well, let's see. So his, his first of his recent string, right, mm-hmm. was "You don't know who you're talking to," and that got a seven point two IMDb rating. Okay, so that's all Something's right. good. And and then after that, his second time was uh, was was terrified. And, and we haven't
1: we haven't seen that yet, but it's got it's got a lot of chance.
0: Yeah. So his his third one that he wrote and directed right Mm. we're gonna skip over satanic hispanics was was this one where evil lurks which is his highest rated movie yet matt
1: i mean i think he's got a good chance here for his so what do you think
0: will happen on his next
1: project i i honestly if you had to ask me i think the next project ben yeah i think the next project's gonna be it's gonna be the charm and i think we might just see an 8.5 on, on IMDb. And why is that, Matt? Because what I just said 45 seconds ago. Because sometimes, the fourth time's the charm. Good night and good morning. and
0: And Monty. Talk to y'all later. Shout out to Whoa. My Eyes,
1: My belly i not here right now.